0: Well, hey there, Woodside family, and welcome to all of our friends who are watching us both locally and abroad to another exciting edition of The Link. Today's topic is really near and dear to my heart. Now, you guys know here at The Link, we live at the intersection of faith and culture. Literally, we discuss how we can live the word. Uh, Today, we're going to focus in on the topic of mental and emotional health. You've heard it talked about in the news. It's a present reality for many of us. I know that I've been on my own personal journey in this area as well. It's about a year ago when my son passed, and since that time, my wife and I have been in grief counseling, dealing with our own issues of anxiety and grief, and I just thought that the benefit that I've experienced from being in that counseling relationship might be a blessing to you as well. So today, I've invited some friends to have a critical conversation about mental and emotional health. I'm so excited to be joined today by three wonderful people. First, uh, Christy Schmidt. I'm so grateful for Christy. She has a long history with Woodside Bible Church. She's also a licensed professional counselor practicing at Great Lakes Psychology Group. Christy, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Pastor Chris.
0: Also, Dr. Sabrina Black, a longtime friend and counselor. She is clinical director of the Abundant Life Counseling Center. Dr. Black, thanks for joining me.
2: I'm glad to be here with you, Pastor Brooks.
0: And also a familiar face, uh, Pastor Tim Holdrich, who is the campus pastor of our Detroit campus, recently wrote a very powerful blog about his journey uh, with mental health. Pastor Tim, thanks for being with me. It's great to be here, brother. Hey, Pastor Tim, I want to start with you. You wrote this blog, and it was uh, such a blessing to me, and I know our entire uh, Woodside family, and many watched Mm. Beyond and read it. And it's impacted so many. It's called There Is No Fear in Love. And I just want to applaud you for your transparency, your vulnerability in that. Uh, But let's be honest, for many, they're struggling uh, with mental health issues in silence, suffering in silence. It's still a taboo topic within the church. Why was it important for you uh, to write this blog and to really bring your personal journey out into the open and uh, talk about this taboo subject?
3: Yeah, I've I've definitely been on a journey and I would say probably in the last 15 years, God's really opened the door for me to become more public with what's been going on in my heart and mind and emotions. And I'm grateful for His spirit that's brought me to that place. I'm still walking through that. But I really feel like for anyone that has anxiety or mental battles and issues, they need a safe space to be able to walk through it and process it. Um, And I think sometimes people feel like the church isn't a place, but I think it's been amazing even over the last 10 years. Did you see how God's opened the doors for that uh, to happen? And for me in my own heart, I know isolation. um, The only way I could kind of picture this in my own mind is if you have a fire, Um, I feel like isolation is kind of like pouring gasoline on that fire of your anxiety or of your mental battles. And so what we're right now walking through all across the country and the world for people that already have mental issues or are beginning to experience that can be a very, very difficult thing. And so I hope even today as we discuss, I get a chance to learn from these amazing people um, just how we can have more space to talk and discuss and just open up the door. Um, to, to allow these, these opportunities to happen.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that because I think so often while we talk about the impact of the pandemic, the coronavirus season, we are drawn to the economic realities. Uh, so many have lost their jobs. We're obviously drawn to the health realities of this. But what often is overlooked is the uh, the mental health aspect of it, and so uh, Sabrina Black, I love for you to speak about how has this moment as a counselor, what have you observed, and how this moment has impacted those who already live with uh, pre-existing mental health challenges.
2: One of the things that I found, uh, Pastor Brooks, is that people who are already struggling are finding that all of their senses are heightened. It's if you were already depressed, you're even more depressed because of all the bad news around you, because of death all around you. It seems like yep. this sense of doom and gloom For people who are already dealing with anxiety, I mean, the the fear and the worry, the rumination, the constantly thinking about what might happen, the what ifs is just heightened again to another level. But even beyond the people who are already struggling are the people who are now wondering what the heck is going on because they've not been experiencing all of these same physical and psychological symptoms and signs. Is that the people who are already in counseling were dealing with. So mm-hmm. for people who I find were already getting counseling, they are in desperate need right now of continuity of care. Th- yeah. They need to make sure that they're maintaining their appointments, that they're being consistent about their follow-up and follow-through mm-hmm. because all the other things that they had going on are now seeming to be minimized. It's like, yes. yeah, those were real issues, but wow, I got these other issues now. And, and so then also having to be closed in with people who really don't understand what you're going through and who want you to just snap out of it. You know, Mm -hmm. and so that also becomes a challenge.
0: You know, it's really interesting, Sabrina, as I listen to you, I think about uh, how much of a break we get from one another, even within our homes (laughs) when normal life is going at its normal rhythms, you know? I get a chance to go off to work, the kids get a chance to go off to school, and so we get a break from some of our issues. Well, mm-hmm. now that break isn't there. We're <laughs> together 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so they feel all of the intensity of me. I feel all of the intensity of yes. them. And that's happening in homes all across America. And definitely uh, the church is not exempt from that. Christy, um, so much of your focus and your attention is uh, on youth uh, and young adults. And uh, as, a, as a dad, I think about the fact that sometimes they're dealing with issues that can't be articulated. Talk about how uh, mental health, emotional health issues may uh, express themselves in in youth and young adults differently uh, than those who are older.
1: So with, I mean, with working with a lot of adolescents, a lot of young adults, um, what I'm seeing is, you know, definitely what, um, you know, Sabrina had mentioned, like the the heightenedness, you know, it is like pouring fuel on a fire right now. And, um, you know, just the intensity of these emotions. But whereas before they could, you know, go to their friends, they could go to school, they could let off some steam. Yeah. Um, they can't do that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's all just like bottling up, and there's no place to go. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, and so, you know, there may be more like anger outbursts at home, you know, this, you know, locking yeah. themselves in their room or, you know, trying to, to sneak out or, um, you know, maybe even more self-injury or substance abuse if, you know, access to it. Um, you know, just this, this anger that's coming out because honestly there's a lot of grief. Yeah. You know, a lot of loss, yeah. um, you know, I've been talking to a lot of seniors right now that, you know, are just devastated mm-hmm. that, you know, they can't, that the possibility of no graduation, no senior mm-hmm. prom, you know, and, um, and those are real feelings, That's you right. know, you minimize them. I can't say like, well, you know, there are people dying. Well, yes, there are people dying, but what they're feeling is very, very real. That's right. That's right. And, um, And that's with all of them, not just the seniors, you know, like all of these teenagers are feeling very, and young adults, I mean, everybody is, you know, feeling very, very strong emotion. Um, But it's what, what can we do to help them get these emotions out in a healthy way? Because right now they don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to get it out because all of their resources um, are really gone. You know, all the places they went, to get it out in a healthy, even just like, you know, sports, art class, you know, right. all of those are now gone. Um, you know, and going for a walk is great, but it it's not like, um, <laughs> it's not like going and uh, hanging out with friends.
0: That's right. <laughs> You know, I think about uh, the fact that it's really easy to overlook that reality as a parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think about the stress that um, a parents have, uh, those of us who have mortgages and car notes and have to navigate potentially the unemployment system for the state now. And mm-hmm. uh, thinking about all of those realities, it's really easy for us to make the mistake of just saying to our kids, hey, suck it up, fall in line. But I'm grateful for you highlighting the fact that this is a tremendous season of grief and loss. I think some have called it cancel culture, where uh, so much has been canceled, uh, from proms to graduations to uh, gatherings with friends to even birthdays. Uh, In my neighborhood, um, uh, like yours probably, uh, people are doing drive-by birthday parties. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's right is a poor substitute for uh, <laughs> a typical birthday definitely gathering. Definitely
1: not the same.
0: But it definitely is making lemonade out of lemons. Uh, <laughs> but, but I'm grateful for you uh, bringing us uh, awareness here. I do want to give you opportunity though, Christy, um, to, to give uh, some parents in particular uh, some advice on how do we draw out uh, those realities? How do we, Open up the conversation because sometimes I know I feel ill-equipped.
1: I think number one is validate the feeling. Mm -hmm. Don't minimize it. It's a very, very real feeling. So validate it. Don't minimize. Don't compare it to something else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What they're feeling is real and it's important to them. Um, So acknowledge it, validate it. Um, Because as soon as it's minimized, they're shut down. They're not going to talk about it anymore you know so if you can validate it then hopefully you know that can get a conversation going um you know also try to relate to them in some way like you know don't don't pretend like you know just because um or don't pretend like everything is fine everything's not fine Mm -hmm. um you know we may be um more blessed than other people but that doesn't mean we're fine like Mm -hmm. share your struggles too, Mm -hmm. you know, be human with them. You don't have to share everything, but be human, be relatable. Um, You know, help them get through this time. um, You just by opening up, also offer them a space to just, you be themselves. Like, offer um, opportunities to express themselves in healthy ways. Like if they need to go outside on a walk by themselves, as long as it's a safe place and an opportunity, then like they may need some, Alone time, you mm-hmm. know, being cooped up in the house with your family, especially if you're a teenager, that's really hard.
0: Especially yeah. if you have <laughs> younger siblings. Yes, yeah,
1: <laughs> younger, younger siblings. Oh boy. Um, not that younger siblings aren't great, um, but that can be really challenging. So offer them time when they can get away, that, you know, offer them time to, um, you connect with their peers. You know, I know connecting with their peers looks differently right now, but it is so so important. Mm-hmm. You know, this age group, you know, the peers are really like their most important connection, um, yes. and and yes. it's gone right now for the most part. Um, well, and so, like, thing, the
0: other thing we're going to do as well is we want to make sure uh, that those who do need a counselor uh, mm-hmm. they have information on how to contact. Yeah. Uh, your practice as well. Sabrina, I know that so much of what Christy has just described for teens, for adolescents, is applicable to adults, but let's Mm -hmm. talk about what's unique about adults. Uh, Mm -hmm. In particular, you talked about the ability to have your your rhythms with your professional, but in Mm -hmm. addition to that, what advice do you give to adults who are dealing with their issues while at the same time sheltering at home?
2: Yeah, and it's interesting that the information that I would share with adults can also be applied to teenagers and small children. One thing is structure. You got to have some structure in place. You got to have a sense of consistency. And so when I think about structure, I don't mean to have this tight, rigid schedule, but there's got to be a basic plan that says get up in the morning. And so we don't get to lay in bed till noon because we don't have any place to go. Everybody still needs to get up. And even though you're not going to any place, you can't keep your pajamas on all day long. You got to get dressed. People have to do basic hygiene. And and so you got to put those basic structure structure things in place. But also everybody in the family needs a sacred space, a space Mm -hmm. that they can go to to commune with God, to be alone with themselves, to journal, to do artwork. But at that quiet space that we talked about earlier, because you may not be able to get outside. But if you have just like a little corner in the room, even if it's in the kitchen, at this table, this is like the little sacred space. You know, this is a great time for for children to do those tents they would do in the room where they put the covers over the side of the bed, let it hang down, (laughs) and just go under your little tent. But even parents can have a little tent, a place where you go. That's right. (laughs) You know, so just having those sacred spaces is, is important. But the other thing beyond structure and sacred spaces It's having an outlet because you do need to get it out because there's so many things that you're thinking, so many things you're exposed to, so many things you're trying to process. If you don't have a a clergy that you can speak with or a good friend who is is non-judgmental and who doesn't want to hear it anymore, uh, definitely reach Mm -hmm. out to a counselor. But you got to have that person that you get a chance to share what you're going through. The other thing I would say is really important. I know people want to know everything that's going on, but turn the TV off. I mean, yes. because I tell you, that much bad news would wear anybody out. Yeah. So even if you don't have a pre-existing condition, that much news will give you one. Yeah. And so one of the things I've been challenging people to do is spend as much time with your Bible as you do with your remote control. Mm-hmm. Good. So every time you go to turn to another channel, put that down and turn to another chapter of the Bible. But you want to make sure you're filling yourself with the word of God versus what the words of the world have to say about how many people are dying, how many people are sick, all the bad news everywhere, because people are recovering. People are getting better. Life is going on. And so you just want to remind yourself that God is faithful and focus there as opposed to on everything else.
0: You know, I I just want to add one thing to that, because I think everything you said was uh, was so spot on. I would just add, um, please manage the notifications on your cell phone as well, because uh, it's not the TV. It's the fact that all throughout the day, their phones are pinging and vibrating, Mm -hmm. and you're getting Mm -hmm. updates from all of those news apps and all of those (laughs) uh, apps that are designed to keep us informed, and we have to make sure that we're careful. And I think that the other end of the spectrum is is both the benefit and the danger of social media. Uh, social media mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing. It keeps us connected. Uh, I was able actually to meet with uh, my wife and I, our uh, counselor, uh, through Facebook. I mean, FaceTime. That's good. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you know, we're grateful for that. Uh, but social media also can create comparison culture, which yes. can also, yep. I think, lead to deep discouragement or trigger uh, as well so we have to monitor those things but i'm so grateful that everyone can have a space even if it's a tent yeah. at your bed <laughs> or a closet or some other space <laughs> your home. So all know.
2: of a sudden your prayer closet becomes very important <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right that's right you know it. Uh, but but just as we said about christy we'll also have sabrina's information as well Now, all of this, I think, has to be undergirded by theology, uh, your relationship with the Word of God. Pastor Mm -hmm. Tim, in your blog, one of the things that blessed me was that you tied it back to God's Word Mm -hmm. and uh, how God's Word has helped you. Just speak about the relationship, the appropriate relationship, because the mistake that I often see people uh, make is to almost throw the Word of God at people. Uh, and say, well, you know, you should just believe God's promises and, and and therefore dismiss almost the reality of mental health. But there is an appropriate relationship between the word of God, our faith, his promises and our and our journey with mental health. Talk about that.
3: Yeah, that's it's such a powerful thing and it's difficult. I think sometimes the world and even Christianity, we view the word of God as kind of just an answer book. Um, or a textbook. And I think what I'm trying to understand is that the word of God does give us answers and truth, but it also journeys with us through Mm -hmm. the emotions in search of truth. And so truth isn't necessarily a destination as much as it is a journey. It's a life journey. Like Mm -hmm. for me, the Psalms are such a powerful, open, emotional, uh, space for david and others to actually lay out their feelings and and how they have to even talk to their soul i love how david even says bless the lord all oh my soul he's talking to his soul and trying to communicate with his soul and say soul this is what god's done for us this is what he's done for you and so that self-talk even that is a big word right now that we hear in mental health It's it's, it's been happening for a long, long time. David actually began it long before anybody else did here. So learning how to be able to, for me as a pastor, be gentle with myself, to um, talk with myself and allow the Word of God to be that communication and language by which I speak to myself and I meditate and communicate. I think the world... And even Christians in general sometimes move away from the Bible because either they don't understand it or they feel like it's just do these three steps and you'll get this. Mm -hmm. And I think when we can actually give people and open the word of God and show them that um, it's okay to have emotions when you don't even have answers, because Mm -hmm. there are authors in the Bible that communicate when they don't have answers and that they're just saying, God, help me. I'm in this place and I need you now. And when are you going to come, when are you going to come through and that it's okay to be in those moments. And I think as people begin to see that the word of God speaks to that and speaks to those emotions and that it's okay to not be okay, that it gives them like a, a, almost like a proverbial sigh in their spirit. That's like, okay, I'm not at the end of the rope. There's actually other people that are here with me and that the word of God, that there's people in the word of God that felt this too. I think for me as a pastor, the the biggest job for me is to actually get off of the pedestal that people want to keep putting you on as a spiritual leader and say, I'm a human being. I get up in the morning and feel things just like everyone else. And man, I struggle and battle with my emotions and my mind and my heart and and believing God's word to be true. But man, we're doing this together and God is faithful, just like Sabrina's saying, and that his word is true and it's going to lead us towards understanding um, this renewing of our minds that, that Paul talks about in Romans so that we can live out the way he wants us to live. But living doesn't necessarily mean that these things are going to happen immediately. It's, it's a process, and, and it's something that we just have to learn that we're not alone, that what I feel and what anyone is feeling right now as they watch this, that you are not alone in the midst of what you're feeling. That even for me and others, you have people here with you right now that feel these things. This week for me, I've had a lot of anxiety. I've, I've had to sit down and pray and weep before God and say, help me and call people and say, hey, walk through this with me. I just got off the phone with my counselor right before this meeting. So that these things, even as a pastor, we, none of us are exempt from. And that you, as you're walking today, know that you have people around you that love you, that are just like you and what you're feeling and facing today. Yeah,
0: and that's why this conversation was so important. In in many ways, it is to be able to uh, demystify the conversation, to take it from uh, whispers to being able to speak out loud. But Christy, so much of our conversation so far has assumed that people have diagnosed mental and emotional health Mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard in this season to get an appointment if you have not an already established relationship. Mm -hmm. But what if you have undiagnosed? What if we, uh, again, thinking about young adults, thinking about teens, oftentimes adolescents, their issues have not yet been formally diagnosed. Mm -hmm. What advice do you give to a parent who suspects or is concerned?
1: I say, reach out for help. Um, you don't have to like prior to all of this going on, you don't have to have already had a counselor or have gotten help. Um, there are people that um, are willing and able to you know have sessions via Zoom now. Um, you know and so there are plenty of people that you know, can help now. Um, don't wait for it for all of this to end um, mm-hmm. You know, just waiting can make the situation worse. So the time is now. That's good. With these Mm
0: -hmm. issues. Uh, Sabrina, so much that you recommend it centered around rhythms and routines and spaces. uh, But we're not doing, most of us are not doing this journey by ourselves. Now, Mm -hmm. some are single and they're able to experience both the challenges and the benefits of that. Um, having control over their environment, but one of the things that comes along with living with other people, a spouse, children, other extended family, is that you don't always have control over your environment. So can you speak to those who don't have control over their environment? What do they do?
2: I I think the good thing about realizing that you don't have control is realizing that you never had control. (laughs)
3: That's good.
2: Yep, <laughs> I, I think a lot of our fallacies are being disrupted right now. And, and so if you are in an environment where you have other people, and it doesn't have to be a whole lot of other people, just one other person can just be challenging to be with nonstop. Because again, we're talking about being together 24-7 and like you say, not going to work or not going to school or not even getting a chance to just go run basic errands like we used to do. And, and so one of the things I would say is, is definitely be gracious. I mean, this is an opportunity opportunity to practice those things you learned in kindergarten. You know, Mm -hmm. things like uh, use your manners, say thank you, say please, be considerate of one another, play nice with the other kids, learn how to share, you know, and, and so you have to realize that this is our space, not just your space. And and so you have to clean your area and make sure you help keep the rest of the areas clean. Because when you have that many people in a house together, whether it's two or 10, it's going to be stuff all over everywhere. It's going to be people fighting over the remote, fighting over who ate the last this and who took the last that and who didn't put this back. And so be gracious. Realize we don't know how long we're gonna be in this situation. And as long as we are here, we, this is an opportunity to practice loving one another. And so if you do find that you're in a space with other people, get to know those people. You may discover some wonderful things about them that you just didn't know because you haven't been around. You know, I, I think about some of the people I'm dealing with now. I have mothers saying, man, I didn't know how amazing my kids were. I didn't know how difficult a homework was. I didn't realize what my teachers were having to deal with on a daily basis. So you're getting to make discoveries and use this as an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. So don't fuss at people. Give people Lots of grace, lots of room, and realize we are all different. I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the great joys of discovery is that people are not like you. And thank Mm -hmm. God. But we're all like Christ as we continue to grow in him. And so use this as an opportunity for some together time of playing games, of doing Bible studies, of having conversations around the table. You know, so this can be a great time if you're in a house with other people to really develop yourself and those others. For those of you who may be watching, if you're thinking you might need assistance, if you might need someone to walk alongside you or your children might need someone, don't think that you're weak or don't feel like you've lost faith or that you don't have trust in God. Counseling is simply having someone to walk alongside you for a season of life to help you deal with the issues of life. In all of our cases, we help you from a biblical perspective. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm grateful for that perspective. I do want to just add one more word, and Pastor Tim, uh, after this, I would love for you to pray for us, but I just want to add this word that if you are in a moment uh, where you are having thoughts of self-harm, if you're in a moment where you are not only thinking about harming yourself, but maybe others. Um, I know there's been a lot on the news about staying away from hospitals and avoiding them if you don't have to, but there are legitimate reasons to go. And if you're struggling with those thoughts of self-harm or harming others, that's a legitimate reason to go to the ER and to say, I need help and support. And uh, hopefully you also know that uh, our church family is here for you, that every one of our leaders, uh, are com- we're committed to uh, coming alongside and doing our best to love you through this uh, journey. Uh, Pastor Tim, again, I can't thank you enough for your blog. Again, the transparency that thank really you. provoked this conversation, this particular edition of the link. Uh, but I want to ask if you'd be willing to pray Uh, for us, uh, for our church family, and for the friends that may be watching us today.
3: Yeah, that'd be great. Let's pray uh, together. Father, we come as broken people that are in need of a beautiful Savior, and we believe that you not only give us truth, but you sit with us in our brokenness. And even as your word says, um, in first peter i love it that we can cast all of our anxieties and cares on you because you care for us father i am so grateful today that your care for us is bigger than our care about our anxieties that your care for us is bigger than anything that's weighing our hearts and minds down today that you love us so deeply so intimately and so tenderly thank you for your patience with us i pray even today as people are listening, even in this moment, Holy Spirit, that you would fall on them, that you would draw their hearts close to you. If they don't know you today, God, that they would realize that peace begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if they do know you, Father, that Holy Spirit, would you just speak to their heart through something that's been said today and that you would help them realize that if they are hurting and they need help to just open themselves up to find out where they can go and meet with a counselor, God, that you would help them take those steps towards the healing that they need. God, we all need healing. We all need you. And I pray, Lord, that even in this time that we are facing in the day-to-day, that we would see the beauty and the power of your forgiveness, the beauty and the power of your grace, God, the beauty and power of your love and your mercy that you pour over us. So thank you for this time together that we have today, Father. May you use it to further your kingdom in uh, this world for the cause of Jesus Christ. We love you. Thank you for your abundant, abundant love today. In your name, amen.
0: Thanks, Pastor Tim. My guest today has been uh, Christy Smith, uh, licensed professional counselor practicing at Great Lakes Psychology Group. Also, Dr. Sabrina Black, Clinical Director at Abundant Life Counseling. You can find their information uh, on our website as well as at the end of this edition of the link. Also for Pastor Tim and all of our campus pastors, uh, we want you to know that we've designed our website to be able to support you in this season. So when you go to our webpage, you'll find out more there about find a need and meet a need. And maybe your need is for emotional and spiritual support. Uh, please let us know there and uh, the the uh, campus pastor that's closest to you and that team will reach out to you so that we can survive, provide help and support for you in this season. Uh, thanks for joining us again for this edition of The Link and to all of my guests, thank you guys for joining me today. God thanks, bless, Chris. Thank you. God
1: bless.
0: And I want to say thank you for watching this edition of The Link. Uh, Our prayer is to take this important conversation out of the shadows and bring it into the light so that we can all find the help, hope, and healing that's found in Christ. I'm also really excited about next week's edition of The Link. You'll have a special guest. It'll be none other than my wife. She's going to be sitting in with some amazing moms to talk about what it's like to be a mother during a time of a pandemic. We're all sheltering at home and I've heard it said that mothering is the toughest job you'll ever love. Well, you'll hear from some great moms next week and so you definitely don't wanna miss that. Make sure you stay tuned uh, to all that we offer you here on our social media pages and go to our website, woodsidebible.org. You'll find out a lot about how we're serving our community and how we're there for you. Well, thanks, my friends, for joining me. Can't wait till we're together again next time. Until then, God bless.